1: It wasn't that I was married to men and had a desire to be married to a woman. It's just that I love the people that I loved when I loved them. And that's it. I don't have a this was my turning point moment. All I can tell you is that I'm a lover and I'm a marrying woman. And I don't stay long on the streets.
0: Welcome back to Ladies First with Laura Brown. Every week I talk to a different major lady about how she's gotten where she is and what she's got to teach the rest of us. Now, Nisi Nash got everyone's attention recently with that big, fantastic wedding to singer Jessica Betts. But she was on our badass radar for a long time before that. You know what? I really, really, really want to say I freaking love you. Even before you showed up here, I just think you're so on it and so frank and so brilliant. Niecy Nash, thank you for being here on Ladies First, in which we celebrate the women who are first in what they do with heart and humor and just a whole bunch of mojo that like to distill you like a little fragrance into a a sort of quality that, that stands out or a quality that we admire. And I think with you, it's forthrightness and confidence. And I think that you just relay that in everything you do. I love your iterations. I was reading back through your, you know, your um, sort of IMDb and the different sort of work you've done. And there hasn't been, oh, this is what Nisi does because you've done so many distinct things and done them all well. When did you sort of first glom on to this sort of power you might have as an entertainer? When did that? I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to answer that question. I just, out of my peripheral, a beautiful bouquet of flowers just came in.
0: Now now, now I'm back to the question. I am so yeah, sorry. Yeah. Do, do <laughs> you not apologize? You just, you, that was so on brand. Yes, I'm a fabulous entertainer. Yes, yes. Oh, someone sent me flowers? Oh, oh
1: <laughs> my Now we are going to be ladies on the, on a mission to answer these
0: questions. What's the first question? Give it to the me. The first qu- <laughs> is about confidence and being an entertainer. And when you first had the idea that you might be good at this.
1: Well, when I was five years old, I saw the most gorgeous black woman on television I had ever seen in my little five years of living. I mm. seemed like pe- I, I had seen black people on TV before, but they did not look like this woman. And she had on a long red dress and her eyelashes looked like butterflies. And I was watching television with my grandmother and I looked at my grandmother and I said, who is that? She said, baby, that's Lola Falana. And in Um. that moment, I felt like God stamped my destiny on the canvas of my imagination. And I looked at my grandmother and I said, that is what I want to do. I want to be black, fabulous and on TV.
0: At five. And you articulated it like
1: that. Just like that. After that, there were so many years, because I was so young, where my parents were like, oh my goodness, this girl is too shy. She's not going to do anything. You know, and I didn't come from an entertainment family. And it wasn't popular in the 70s to be like, oh, we know what we're going to do. We're going to take this little black girl and put it right in front of the TV, you know, on the TV. Nobody was thinking that. So... It took a very long time for people to catch up with where I already felt like I was. Right. And when I started, the industry was polite, but they told me, you have a lane. And your lane was? Comedy. And I was like, no, I can do other things. So I had to have a team meeting where I called all the people who represent me in a room. And they were like- When was this? "Um, This was right before I started the series Getting On for HBO. Got it. And I just said, I want to reintroduce myself because I think you think you know me. And you don't. Because why? I've changed. And I wanted to let them know how I saw myself because if you don't see me like I see me,
0: then we got to part ways. Especially when they're the ones helping project yourself in the world
1: and i invited them to think differently they accepted the invitation
0: and i was able to
1: do other things in the world other than be funny
0: and when did you when did you start to feel that you know that hunger to to broaden yourself, I mean, oftentimes it just comes with maturity or, yeah, you'd been in a bunch of comedies. Was it starting to become repetitious to you or?
1: No, actually, I never thought being funny was a gift. I never wanted to be funny because I got punished for it.
0: When you were younger? Yes.
1: Yeah. Like if I got talks too much on my report card and my mother said, well, what were you talking about? I was telling jokes. You know, now I'm on punishment. You you understand what I mean? And I I used to get pinched in church for making fun of the pastor. And the Lord said, my mother would be (laughs) like, stop (laughs) it. You know what I mean? And I was like, ow! he said it first. I didn't know it was a thing. And then in 1993, my only brother was murdered. He was caught in a love triangle at his high school at 17. Um, Somebody brought a gun to school. And my mother, who had also been a victim of domestic violence, she she just said, I'm getting in the bed and I'm not getting back out. And I did not know what to do. And I said, well, I do know that I can make my mama laugh. And so I would perform at the foot of her bed every day. I would do jokes, stand up, impressions, dance, hula hoop, anything I could figure out to make her laugh. And one day I went to her house to to do what I'd normally do. And she wasn't in the bed. She said, we're in here. And I said, well, who is we? Yeah. She said, well, I went across the street and got the neighbors and I told them you was funny. Get that karaoke microphone and tell these people some jokes. (laughs) I was like, how's everybody doing in the living room? And while I was up there telling jokes, that's when I realized that comedy was part of her healing, that it was served as like a spackle piecemealing her back together. Mm -hmm. And. I heard a voice as audible as my own say, Nisi, don't be a selfish heifer. It's a lot of people suffering in this world. Go outside and spread it around. But I wanted to be a dramatic actress. I mean, look past Viola Davis, right? And look at that snot bubble that she always uses when she starts to cry. I wanted to be the snot bubble. And no one would hire me. They were like, girl, you are so funny, get out of here. And I couldn't get a job. And when I went outside and I said, I'm Niecy Nash and I'm funny. And I healed my mama. Yeah. I started to work. So I always wanted to do drama. I always wanted to do grounded work, but I started in a place of being funny. It's like an uh,
0: insurance for your, for your heart sometimes, isn't it? To be able to go.
1: I know 100% who I am and I am completely clear on my gifts. But I will never pour from an empty cup. There is always going to be something in the cup for me. The overflow is for everybody else.
0: And how do you? It's starting to sound a bit saucy, but how do you fill your cup,
1: Nash? <laughs> I fill my cup number one by being authentic, mm-hmm. and, to, and 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 I think that people might not lean into that the way I do. I, the way I lean into that is to be honest with myself. You understand? And saying no to anything that does not serve me. That's how I keep the cup full. Because when you do the stuff that you don't want to do, that's when you drain. Yeah. When you
0: say yes, when you want to say no. Hmm? How did you develop that level of security though? Because that takes something, especially when you're hungry to work at the beginning and you want to be liked and you want all of that. How did you develop the, the sureness to go, no, the X or Y is not right for me?
1: Well, I developed it in my career first and in my personal life second. Okay. It was very clear for me to be able to say no to things that that I just didn't like or that I didn't want to do, which is weird in this business because it's the one thing that people are always like, whoa, you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, Yeah. yeah, well, tell them I said no or I will tell my agent I don't want to go in on that. I don't want to play a woman Who at at one of the jobs that I turned down, I didn't want to get beat up out on the street. This woman was getting beat up and by somebody. And, you know, I was like eight hours of somebody throwing me around, screaming in my face, yelling at me. You know what? On this day, Mm. it's enough for me. But then I was in personal relationships where all that fell by the wayside.
0: You know what I mean? It's not a new story, yeah. That's isn't it? Isn't it funny how you just you're all set here, but oh, and then here you're all over the road. I was a wreck.
1: Yeah. So three marriages later, <laughs> not going <to>
0: wood. <laughs> oh man, can I just tell you, number one, Nisi and I had not actually physically met until right this minute. But those on my team who worked with you just died for you. They were like, you don't understand. She's the greatest. And then when you got married, Jessica, everyone went oh, now she's even better. <laughs> that wedding rollout, I guess you could call it, just posting on Instagram, everyone just went.
1: It was a movie. They thought it was a movie. They thought it was fake. They were like, this can't be real. They called everybody I know, including my third grade teacher, and said, did you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and legitimately, there wasn't anyone who could say Oh, yes, this is what I've known. It was never anything that was a part of my life. And it was so interesting that people use the term that Niecy Nash came out. And I lovingly say came out from where? Where? I wasn't hiding anywhere. It wasn't that I was married to men and had a desire to be married to a woman or be with a woman. It's just that I love the people that I loved when I loved them. And that's it. I don't have a, this was my turning point moment. All I can tell you is that I'm a lover and I'm a marrying woman and I don't stay long on the streets. And you understand what I'm saying? This is a
0: lie. Oh, I do.
1: They know what it is.
0: No, with this real
1: estate. No, I
0: wouldn't
1: either. And I was friends with Jessica for many years and never thought about her because I was happy where I was. And even when I was out of my marriage, I still did not. Think of her like, oh, this is somebody I would date. I had never entertained dating a woman, let alone marrying one. The thing of it is, is that love is love. I don't know how to, you know, and I feel like if I would have said, hey, guys, you know, I'm getting married to Joe Blow you know what I mean? Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is my neighbor. Oh, Hey guys, I'm marrying Shaq. We live next door to each other. Nobody would have looked around, you know I don't know if it would have went around the internet. If I married, you know, the man down here that works at my FedEx office. Right. But the fact that I guess yeah, yeah. people were just so surprised and I'm like, well, get in line behind me because I, this is my friend. And let me tell you something, full disclosure, I have never dated anyone that I was friends with first. Ah. I have always started at hello. So to be in a situation where somebody was legitimately my friend, my personal fear was I already loved her as a human being. And I said, I don't want to do anything that would take this woman from my life.
0: Right.
1: I want you to be in my life until they throw dirt on my face. And I mean it. So that was my hesitation in the beginning. It wasn't so much the world, because how could I do anything to make every single person in the world happy?
0: You would combust if you even tried. I mean, how long were you guys together before you got married? Five minutes.
1: You know what, listen, I found out after the... You know what I'm learning as I go? And they say that uh, lesbians nest quickly. Okay. I I mean, I don't know if it's true. That's just what I heard in the lesbian streets. Yeah, Uh, in the lesbian streets. Okay, got it. (laughs) No, but we probably... We are just right now at being together for a
0: year. Right.
1: So a little less than a year and we got married.
0: But hey, when you know, you know. And I love your hashtag, the bets is yet to come.
1: Or sometimes we say bets of both worlds. The no. best thing that ever happened to me. Like, if there's so many.
0: I mean, the bets of the bets?
1: So many. All
0: bets are off?
1: All bets are on. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Tell me about now. your kids are. How old are your kids now? My so son so is
1: 28. Good. My middle girl is 25. And my baby is 21. You used
0: to take them to auditions, right? I had to back in the day. Yeah, how how did did you manage that?
1: I didn't have a choice, and so when I would audition, when they were babies, I would just take all three of them and put them in the corner and set it up like a little preschool. You know what I mean? You give the baby a bye-bye. Where's the graham crackers? You got a crayon? Sit right here and don't move. And if the director come out of here, you smile pretty. You understand, mommy?
0: And I bet not hear a word (laughs) while I'm in there. You want to hear a sound? You are adorable adorable god damn it <laughs> how are you spending all those plates i mean you're already being you know an audition you are judged on you how you perform how you look how you are if you have banter or not what your hair looks like blah blah, blah. and you and then you have three kids sitting in a corner so how did you manage to make yourself that strong of shoulder that you could manage all of that in one interaction
1: very very early on I started to live by three words Mm -hmm. and those three words were no matter what you don't have a babysitter pack them kids up because get to that audition no matter what you have a fight with your husband when you gotta go drive across town to be funny you better cry all the way there and get out that car and fix your face no matter what It, it was the no matter what of it all that I think holding on to that and not to, not to mention uh, the thing that superseded that was my faith in God and what I felt like was the call on my life. So I knew what my destiny was. I knew what the call of my life was. I had a blessed assurance about that part.
0: You are so confident, but we don't always feel like that all the time, do we? Through the course of your career or, or even now, what, what has shaken your confidence a little bit? Or is there something that sort of left you less than steady
1: well i what i do to stay on the path is give myself permission to feel what i feel it every it has to have a time limit because on and on and on is how you get to live in the valley and you're supposed to go from mountain to mountain with a few valleys in the in But if you rest and sit and now I have been guilty many, many years ago, a packing a sack lunch and sitting down in the valley. And I was like, wait a minute, there has to be another way. So now what I do is on my tough days, I give myself permission to have that moment. It's almost like when you're on a diet and they say, oh, you can have a cheap meal, but people take the meal and make it a whole day. No, 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 no. It's a meal. And so (laughs) my emotional valleys are a meal. They are not a day. And also too, you have to get help when you need it. And whether that is, um, you know, mental health, whether that's emotional help, whether that's your sister girl help, whether that you always got to have a soft place to land in it all, because you cannot manage every single bit of it by yourself all day, every day for the rest of your life. Because see, here's one thing that is unforgiving about entertainment is that they give zero Fs about what you're going through. And when they knock on that door, you could have cried your fake eyelashes right on off. And they'll say, we're ready for you. So you have to fix your face and push through. And when you do that, when all said is done and it's cut, and then you can come back to yourself, sometimes you need help. You know, I went through both of my divorces on camera.
0: You were working the whole time. I was working
1: while I was getting divorced. You know what I mean? So you could literally be in a scene and right at the tail, as soon as they go cut, you're like, Yeah. Dude, you know, you got to get off. Excuse me. Right. You got to get off in right. yeah. a corner somewhere. But I had yeah. people who not only helped me up through my dark times, but held me accountable. My girlfriends, my therapist, my mother, you know.
0: You know what? Embracing your limitations and what you can't do sometimes is actually one of the most important things just to be like yeah I, I i feel shitty today i'm gonna go do the work and then i'm gonna turn around i'm not gonna cry my eyelashes off that's okay and then i'm gonna stick them back on again <laughs> i'm gonna get my glue pull and,
1: up. this and, is what i always say pull up push through and never look like what you're going through
0: okay how many books are you gonna write because hey! we've got a, we've got no matter what <laughs> when's that coming out i'm thinking 2022 Okay. I'm thinking we need audiobooks, we need some classes. I mean, I know you're busy, but really you need you know you can start doing the tours. You can be like Tony Robbins, but not weird. I tell you, you got we got plans. So tell me this. tell me about um owning your your worth and everything at, at work.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm okay to walk away from anything that I doesn't right. feel like sees my add value. And how do you see that? You see that in how people treat you. You see that in how they do or don't have honor for you. And mm-hmm. you see that in your paycheck. And it's okay to say no. You know, in the beginning of our careers, we all say yes to things because we're trying to feed our family and then God is kind and you get to a point in it all where you can afford to say no. You can afford to say, if you don't see my ad value, carry on. And I'm all right with that. Because the one thing you cannot do is be out of integrity with yourself.
0: Welcome back to Ladies First with me, that's right, me, Laura Brown. Today I'm talking to the one and only Ms. Nisi Nash. Who's been your network? Who are your, your friends professionally and how, how much do you share with each other and how restorative is that?
1: Well, I would probably say my, my dear friends in the business would be Ava, Oprah, Sherry Shepard, Kelly Stewart, Aisha Hines. I mean, and there are more, but these are women who there is zero guard up. If right. There is total transparency in all things. And the one thing that I love about this particular group, specifically the actors, are there is not a selfish one in the bunch. I've never gotten a job and not gotten somebody else a job. I don't care if it's a pa a sound a grip or this or that i don't care what it is i never want to hoard a blessing i never want to get something and be like oh look what just happened for me right it just feels Mm. false to me
0: yeah and lonely also
1: i ended Mm -hmm. up attracting people who move the same way there was a job recently that came my way full offer everything The money was delicious. And Mm, because of my (laughs) schedule, it didn't look like it was going to work out. And I was so bummed about it because I really wanted to do it. But with tears in my eyes, I called one of my friends and said, Call your manager quick before they start seeing other people.
0: Drinks on you, sister. Yeah. Because if
1: I can't get it, I want somebody I love to get it. Right. You feel how you feel, but who can you bless with this opportunity?
0: You know? I often say I have a lot of friends who are actresses and you birds are some of the toughest ladies I've ever known because you are constantly judged constantly having to perform especially when you're younger and you're auditioning and like I have to bounce back and keep going and keep going and keep going until you are firm enough that you can make your own choices.
1: I was in an audition one time in the early days and the people were talking to each other and said well she's got a cute face do you think she can lose weight and I was like I can hear
0: you. Did you actually say something? Yeah I was like I can hear you that could have crushed, you know, someone with less freaking guts than you. I always like to ask, like, you know, when was a time that you remember that you really owned your shit? Like you really 100% own your shit? That sounds like one of them.
1: Well, you know what? I, I remember I had an agent and I was like, hey, I wanted to audition for this thing. And he was like, oh, well, I'm sending this name, actress. And he kept telling me every time about this one girl. And and I literally got in my car and I drove all the way across town. And he didn't know I was pregnant. And oh. I drove across town and my stomach was sticking out right here. So let me tell you something. I put my finger right in his face. I said yesterday. That girl was Nisi Nash. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, don't call me until you get what I just said. So, you know, I just, just standing up for myself and saying, hey, yeah. wait a minute. I'm not doing that. And this is it. And if you don't get it, I feel sorry for you. I have said right. that to people. If you don't see it, I feel sorry for you.
0: We all have these markets as we grow that are, you know, our little timelines of tallness. Timelines of tallness. Timelines of tallness. I just
1: time made that of tallness. That's your the, book.
0: The, yeah, it's called <laughs> Tot. Tot. What was your tot? Um, that sounds weird. Okay, what do I want to know, whose who's boldness uh, and frankness inspires you?
1: I love uh, Ava DuVernay's bonus because I feel like when you talk, you know, society would lead us to believe if you have not landed on your career path by the time you're in your early 20s, it's too late. It's too late for you to course correct in your 30s and your 40s and decide you're going to do something totally different. People always talk to you like your idea is too big for you. Right. So I love the fact that one day she was a publicist and the next day she was a director. And she decided, I'm going to chart a different course. And I love her boldness and the fact that she's unapologetic about it. It's a beautiful thing to watch. And I'm lucky to be able to call her friend.
0: Yeah. I, I love well, it. wasn't your Instagram or something. It was right around when you got married and like she was over for lunch or something. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to go to that lunch. She's <laughs> freaking she rad lady. I'm not even going to lie. You and eating a
1: salad. You what? do. You do. You want to come to that lunch.
0: I want to come to that lunch. So I want to be the one just going over your front gate like Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids. Don't worry. It won't be weird. I'll bring my tribute wall. Not creepy. I love Don't your worry. tribute
1: wall. And over there where you have that picture of me right in the middle getting that Walk of Fame
0: star. Tell me about this. Tell me about this day.
1: Oh, my God. That was one day. of the best days of day. my life. You know why? Because when I was around seven or eight years old, I was on Hollywood Boulevard with my father looking at the stars on the ground. And I saw a man that I recognized from TV. I said, "Daddy, that man is on TV. He said, baby, that's Ed Asner. And I didn't know what I knew him from, but right. I knew I saw his face, you know, Mary Tyler Morris. So I don't know yeah. what I saw him on. But I ran over to him and I was like, listen, I know you're an actor and I'm going to be an actor. And my name is going to be right here on this ground. He was like, yeah, get out of here, kids, scram." <laughs> and I was yelling when he walked away, remember my name. And, and, never- <laughs> and I felt like in that moment, I already knew. I'm like, I could feel it. I'm going to get one of these. Boom. Get into it. I don't care who will not believe me. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you. And when time came for me to get that star I sent him a letter you did I
0: was gonna ask you what did you what did you say to him
1: I actually talked about it on a talk show and he sent me a letter and said I'm so glad that you didn't let a crotchety old man step on your dream and of course I know your name and then he drew hand, drew a little star and wrote my name in it. I cried my eyes out. And then I wrote him back and said, will you please come to my star ceremony? And so okay. I couldn't look at him out the corner of my eye oh because my the full circle moment was too much. I couldn't look over because That's I didn't incredible. want to cry while I was speaking, but it was beautiful. And Cedric, the entertainer who uh, played my TV husband for five seasons and Ryan Murphy Mm -hmm. got up and spoke for me. And it was just the most beautiful day. It was just a manifestation that I was literally like dreams come true. They absolutely come true. I enjoyed that day so much. And then later on, I was staying across the street at the W, and I come back and I literally stand over my star like I just hatched the egg. I didn't want people to step (laughs) on it. I was like, don't touch it. Don't walk on it. Don't do anything. This is.
0: (laughs) I've just birthed this, actually. So I'm just going to leave the hospital. Yeah. Don't don't worry. What am I going to name it? Oh, I'm going to name it me. When was the last time you went? Have you been by it lately? I
1: went. I went this summer, actually. I took Jessica, um, my better half, to go visit my star. So we went this summer,
0: and it was simply the best.
1: It was simply the best, better than all the rest. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. I want
0: to ask, what
1: are you ambitious for? I would like to do something on a very large scale that would impact people daily you know there's a scripture in the bible that talks about getting your daily bread sometimes when you think about it in the in the long term and far down it can feel very overwhelming but i need just enough for today and if there is a way to impact people so that they have just a little bit to tuck in for today that would leave them better when they leave me than they were
0: before they came. That would be the goal. I'm not concerned about you achieving that. But, then, but no one's going to be like, "Oh, niece, she had big dreams and yeah, well, and then she just failed. So sad. What a sad, sad, a sad, sad, story. sad, sad story. You may have already answered this, but uh, maybe you have another example because I think you might have many. Which is, what is the most badass thing you've ever done?
1: The most badass thing I have ever done is to heal my trauma so that I don't pass it to my children.
0: Perfect. Oh, it's like you you speak, you know, we have we have a, a saying in journalism called pull quotes. Like a pull quote is like when you have the page of the story and the quotes pulled out big. Like you speak in pull quotes. You, Viola Davis, and Jane Fonda.
1: Just hey, like that. that's, a Just a that's a movie. That's a movie waiting to happen. Or
0: it's like you give a quote, but you also gift wrap it. I'll take that. Oh, you should. It is It is a gift that you give, and it is very, 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 very rare to have that, the ability to distill yourself, number one, uh, but then to, to be so succinct and compelling about it. So if you need some validation from a magazine editor sitting in a windowless room on a Saturday... You're welcome. Okay, finally, we're gonna do something called 10 firsts. Ready? First drink you
1: order. You mean in life or, you mean the very first time or just if I'm going
0: out? I mean, yeah, but you can give me your underage action if you want. So your signature drink, but actually I do want to order the first drink you, (laughs) you drink too.
1: My signature drink would be a Cadillac margarita.
0: Nice, do you make them or are they made for you? Do I? Anything I like, I know how to make. Did you have them at your wedding? Yes. That that is like full ownership. What was the first drink that you had when you were like a little baby and probably not quite old enough?
1: A lemon drop.
0: Perfect. Okay. First thing you look at on your phone in the morning.
1: First thing I look at on my phone in the morning would probably be
0: Instagram. Uh Uh-huh. At your own own feed or you start scrolling through other people's?
1: No, other people's. I have to check on my friends. Right, And because I'm away from home, I can't just say, Hey girl, I'm about to come by. So I need to make sure everybody is doing okay.
0: Who are your favorite people to follow on Instagram? I mean, your friends aside, but like who gives you a real kick on Instagram?
1: Ooh, you know what is interesting? Because one of my friends is Cedric Yarbrough. We're on Reno 911 together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like my entire Reno cast. Their IG is so funny. And so... He's like one of the funniest people I know. So I I enjoy finding joy early in the morning. It is like deciding what you're going to wear for the day. It's right. choosing a thing. I don't follow anyone who's argumentative or mean-spirited or controversial. I right. I just, I follow joy. Okay. First person you call. First person I call my my children. I had to really think about it because the baby, I speak yeah. to her every single day. FaceTime, rain or shine, 6:30 a.m. in Los Angeles. She doesn't care where I am in the world. I'm going to get that FaceTime call.
0: How did they have the best time at your wedding?
1: What? Oh my god. Everybody had a great time at my I wedding. I don't I'm doubt talking. it, but like the the kids
0: were they just oh, like over the moon. Over the it's moon. Just- Nothing better than just seeing like those particular days when it's all like you're in love and happy and they're happy for you and you're all, and people are drinking Cadillacs. I mean, that's the, (laughs) that is the day. Okay. First joke you remember. First joke I remember. Or that you're a go-to that you you tell. And some people don't tell jokes, but I'm curious.
1: You know what? I'm not a joke teller. I'm more of a storyteller. So I don't do, uh, did you hear the one the guy who walked in the, that's not my jam. But I can take you on a little bit of a journey with the story and definitely find some places for you to laugh.
0: You're the scenic tour. The scenic yes. tour of humor is much more fulfilling in the end. Yeah. Okay. First and most recent fashion splurge. First
1: fashion splurge. Mm-hmm. It would probably have to be a purse. And I recently just bought the Jumbo Mumbo, that, that Chanel XL, the big mama. Oh, she's gorgeous. What color? Black.
0: Do you take it every day? Do you use like, or are you like, do you have like special occasion bag or are you like, this isn't meant to be used? It was a master
1: bedroom, but I turned it into a closet and I put up these display shelves. So it just made, and I put a couch in there so I could just sit back and look at beautiful things.
0: I hate you. I live in New York City and you can imagine (laughs) any beach lady that has a walk in closet anywhere. I just start to weep at the very thought of it. So, welcome. And a couch too? You have to come over. I'm coming. As soon as we can go anywhere. Um, I, I really enjoy that. Okay. Uh, first date. First date.
1: Well, my children's father, we went on a date
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that date was supposed to be breakfast. Ooh, and awesome. we had breakfast and we stayed out long enough to get hungry again. So we went to lunch, stayed out long enough to get hungry again and went to dinner so we went to breakfast, lunch, and dinner in one day. And I was like, I'm marrying him. How old were you then?
0: I met him when I was 18. Wow. 18 years old. And a three, a three meal a day. That is so wholesome. Oh, I love all the iterations of love, right? Okay. First thing you turn
1: on TV. First thing I turn on TV would probably be uh, Judge Judy. You like the judge? Oh, listen, Judge Judy, Judge Mathis, ju- Judge this, Judge that, Judgey McJudgerton. I love all the judges, and I and I I just like that it's no nonsense, and <laughs> she get right to the point. You know what I mean? And I I love it. And I tell you what. So as a as a as a single TV watcher, I would go yes. for either the Judge shows or anything that's about murder.
0: Okay, first thing you do or eat if you're stressed out? Wine. Sorry. <laughs> first thing you eat when you're stressed out? Wine. <laughs>
1: that's what I do,
0: and that's I what I what what eat. You
1: eat. <laughs> I whine about it and drink wine. That's
0: the first thing I do. That's what I do. Wine has incredible protein. Really, really good stuff. Good. <laughs> what sort of wine is it? Chardonnay, typically. You're a
1: Chardonnay. No, I'm. I said wine. You just said that <laughs> I, I, I drink
0: it. I drink it all.
1: I drink it all.
0: It's so important. It's so important to accept all wine varieties into your life. You know what I mean? The, the, the wine buffet. Okay. First car you bought. The first
1: car I bought, I think, was a Toyota Camry.
0: Color green and how to make you feel?
1: In my mind, it was a Lexus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, yeah, you, like anything in your mind is a Lexus, Nisi Nash. That's your freaking joy of you. And in your mind, the Lexus is a Tesla, and this is how it goes. And the Tesla is the space shuttle. That's what I'm driving now. That's it's what like, you're right. I- <laughs> If anyone can freaking just get in the space shuttle on pure charisma, it would be you. Okay, the last question is, what is the first thing you'll do when this godforsaken pandemic is over?
1: The thing that I will do is travel. You know, there's so many people I want to see face to face and and put my arms around. Yeah. There are so many places that I want to go to with my beloved. I just want to get stamps in my passport and make love all around the
0: world. See, so you gift wrapped it again. You got the ribbon, and he went, and I went, <laughs> I'll take that happened. That's what happened. You not only styled your room, you pulled the plant in, you're wearing the best shirt, your hair is excellent, your earrings are delicious, your your t-shirt kind of goes with the chair. You drove it like you stole it every day and uh, that is why I and so many women and, and, some, and some dudes uh, are, are such admirers of yours and to succeed as you have on being entirely yourself while actually playing other people is absolute goals as the kids say and i know you always have the best you'll give your best i'm so happy you're married and you're being loved the best and (laughs) or the bets the bets, uh all the bets and uh thank you so so much thank you for having me this has been ladies first with laura brown we can be found wherever you get your podcasts Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Danielle Roth, Anne Ford, Anne Kane, and Erica Wong. And thanks to Brian Anstey, Molly Stout, and Hayley Mason at InStyle. You can find out more at InStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at InStyle Magazine, on Twitter at InStyle, and you can find me on Insta at laurabrown99.